0: Welcome back, welcome back. Uh, so, if you hear pages turning, I did decided that I'm writing everything down from now on, and now I can talk a little bit louder, because, well, no one is home right now. So, this is going to be Season 3, Episode 2. Um, I'm going to get a little into just where everything went wrong, per se. So... Mind you, I'm reading all of this out, so don't judge me. So during the pandemic, uh, right around when it got worse, we uh, we had two weeks off. Uh, those two weeks created a lot of financial issues, right? So I went from working or getting a paycheck with 110 to 120 hours on it to a paycheck with Eighty-eight hours so we were essentially getting paid for uh 44 hours a week give or take um that's 44 straight time so i mean if you do the math the checks are a lot smaller right so the lifestyle that we had we could get the things that we wanted on top of it or we could get the things that we needed on top of the things that we wanted you know there was always extra money to spoil each other or to spoil you know everyone with um So, I took a hit financially, Uh, and because of that, you know, bills pile up, rent piles up, Uh, when rent started piling up, there were assistant programs, Uh, me and my ex weren't ever married, Uh, we lived together for three and a half to four years, I think, Uh, so for me to apply for it, I wouldn't get it because I actually make too, I, to them, I make too much money. Uh, so she had to apply for it. And when she applied for it, you know, we ended up getting it twice. We got assistance twice. Uh, that's how crazy behind we ended up getting. Um, because unlike some other people, like other people that I talked to about it, their landlords froze their rent, right? Until everything blew over. Uh, But it just, at the time, it just seemed like there was no, like, real end uh, to that insight at all. Uh, So, that was kind of rough. So, like I said, we ended up getting the assistance assistance that we needed. And I'm not going to lie, like, putting all this out, putting all my information out there, like, it's tough for me to do. I have a hard time doing it in person with people that are in my life. Sort of put it out there to strangers, like it's weird. It's really weird. But you know, shit happens. Um, and it's a lot of it is how we I'm gonna say it probably two or three times, but a lot of it is how we overcome and work through that, especially if you're in a relationship. I mean, if you and your you know, yes you get a lot of couples that say they're a power couple and power couples can I mean, work through just about anything. How you overcome that is how well your relationship is going to go from there. So because we were so behind, um, you know, your landlord takes, you know, the proper steps to getting the money that he wants. So with that, you know, you get the eviction paperwork. Some dude came and served me while I was working on my truck. Uh, We got the assistance the first time, the second time we got it, it covered basically everything else we needed, but at the time, I still wasn't making enough hours, made a deal with the landlord, I fell through on one month, and uh, just like that, we had to be out, so I took whatever else I had, and paid it forward, Uh, but uh, because of how busy my work schedule got, um, I wasn't able to make it to the... To the second court date. So in the time before that happened. Me and my ex. We were having kind of like a, a falling out. So we weren't really you know talking to each other. There was no affection. Uh, you know we'd lay in the same bed. But we weren't really like there together. You know she stayed on one side. I stayed on my side. Uh, so. Uh, the second court date, she ended up. It was everything was done on Zoom call, so she ended up having to do the Zoom call alone because we didn't have we didn't have a full staff when uh all this was happening. So I had to be at work, right? And she knew that. So uh. Afterwards, I had set, I had shot her text message asking her how it went. You know, like I was in hopes that everything had worked out. Uh, she said that. We had to leave, we had 14 days, and I get a uh, a text message saying that she's leaving, she's going to stay at her sister's with uh, with Sawyer, which is my, my son, uh, and I was basically left to fend for myself, uh, so I got in contact with the landlord, asked him if we could have the month to, to get something together, because in two weeks you're not going to find anything. Uh, but in that, in that very moment, I, I broke down, not like in tears, but just like mentally just, just broken because that was my life right there. Just going out the door. She had already had a plan. She didn't include me in the plan. Um, and that's when I kind of knew like, this wasn't, we weren't a team anymore right? It was just two people fending for themselves. So, and I, you know, the, I'm, I'm to blame for that. You know, I, I stress about work a lot. And uh, I think that took a, took a big toll. But, you know, I always said that we were a really, really strong couple and I thought we could work through everything, but apparently I was wrong. Uh, but yeah, for the first time in a long time, uh, when that all happened, I felt defeated. Uh, I felt like I had failed not only myself, but my my family, and you know, like my my family, and then you know, my ex and my kid as a family. I failed them because, as a man, you are the provider, right? Uh, and in that same sense, ladies, uh, if you're, I don't know who listens to this, but if you're listening to this and you are. Um, don't cancel me for saying it, but if you are a female, um, or whatever you identify as, uh, if your significant other is coming in and saying, you know, like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, like, don't pressure them, but I mean, put put the pressure on because they're probably not fine. I've been saying I'm fine for 28 years and I'm still not fucking fine. You know, I got, it. I suffer I you know battle depression you know on a weekly basis so um and a lot of self doubt so it's it's hard for me to open up to people because a lot of people that I've put in my life, you know, they they're they're there and then and then they're gone. Case in point, this situation right here. She was there and she's gone now. Um so in the month that I had I I went on to Zillow and then I ended up going to marketplace, which is not like my ideal choice of, of places to look for a place to live. But there's a lot. So if you're I, honestly if you're looking for a place to live go on to fucking marketplace. Uh I found a roommate. Uh so while I'm packing myself up, I'm I'm not gonna lie, like the way I looked at all of this coming to an end, nothing really hits until you get to the last day, right? So it's kind of like funeral, like when someone dies, right? You go to the wake. Not everyone's, you know, completely broken down about that person dying because, in in a sense, they're still there. So it's not till you get to the actual funeral and they close the casket that everyone starts breaking down, and that's when I thought I was gonna break it. That's when I thought I was gonna break down. Um, and the only time I ever actually broke down and and actually cried. Uh, was thinking about how I'm not going to be able to see my kid as much as I used to, you know, walking to a house, you know, every day after work and, you know, your kid's running up to you, daddy, daddy wants to see you. He's excited to see you. Whereas now I walk into the door and I have nothing, right? It's quiet when I'm here. And that's, that, that, that is the sad reality of, of all of this, right? I still see my kid, but I don't get to go home to him. You know, I come home to, you know, a bed and that's it. So, um, I moved all my stuff in and I sat down and and the minute all my stuff was moved in and I was set up and I sat down, it's kind of when it all hit me and I just, I went into like, I basically self-destructed. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping much. Uh, My attitude at work changed a lot, Uh, uh, but in hindsight, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel, right? There's there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. So in the time that all of this was happening, me and her were having a flying out and we came, I kind of came to the realization that we weren't ever gonna, like, it wasn't ever gonna work, right, like, this is, that's it, like, the relationship is over, um, she had left her phone on the, on the counter, and then I kind of skimmed past a text message that she was having with, uh, some guy that she used to hook up with back in college, uh, and it said, you know, for four years, all I asked was for a little effort, and that that kind of hit me because the first the first two years that we were together, I was the only one that was actually bringing in any money. So all my money went to making sure that we had a, you know, rent was paid, food was on the table, you know, gas was paid for, whatever we needed. I was, you know, I was one paying for it. So, because I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to, I went and searched for, you know, people to talk to. And to some it might sound bad, um, but I ended up, you know, talking to this to this girl. And she had, you know, gone through a similar situation uh, about a year prior. Uh, she got a divorce and, you know, I didn't go into it looking for anything serious. You know, just someone to vent to. Uh, when I had an off day, just someone to talk to, you know, ask me how my day's going because no one's, you know, no one was asking, um, and that was kind of my light out of my out of my hole, you know. That was the light. It she was the light at the end of the tunnel, um, and we met up, and you know, in the pro in in the process of everything happening, I didn't make any advances until, you know, my ex was moved separately and I was moved separately. But we ended up meeting up and it turned out to be now something something great, you know? And it the stigma that, that some of you chicks have when it comes to dating, um, I'm sorry, but if you're 25 and older, there's a 90% chance that if you're looking for someone around your age, They've either been married, engaged, or have kids, right? So the stigma that you guys have with single parents, and, you know, I read some of these bios and they say, oh, well, if your baby mama didn't want you, then I don't want you. Or if your baby daddy didn't want you, then I don't want you. That's that's not what it is. You know, all good things come to an end eventually, right? Happily married, my grandparents were happily married for 60 some years, you know, that came to an end when he died. Right, So all good things come to an end. Sometimes people that you meet, you think like, oh, this is going to work out. And it doesn't work out. My case, it didn't work out. Um, This girl came in when I was in my darkest place and made me see my worth, appreciated the things that I did, accepted me for who I am, and accepted the fact that I do, in fact, have a kid. But... I won't go in depth on that one right now. I will save that for the next episode. But just know if you're going through something, don't try and battle it on your own. You know, there's even if you don't think that, you know, there's people in your life that you can talk to, there's always there's always someone you can talk to. You know, reach out. You know, don't try and battle it by yourself. It's it's a hard battle to do by yourself. You know, I find peace in in going to the gym and you know, taking a lot of my frustrations out, frustrations out on, you know, on the equipment, and then leaving with a clear head. So that's gonna that's that's my motivation for you guys. Um, you know, it 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 is like the the title of the podcast is you know it is what it is, and that's what it is. That's life, you know. Not everything is going to work out the way that you want it to. And the sooner you accept it, the easier it is when it happens. So with that, keep working for a better tomorrow. And I'll see you guys on the next one.